Egyptian-born, London-based singer-songwriter firming her roots in the UK music scene and bridging the gap between her Egyptian heritage and London influences. She has a very unique sound and is a wonderful person and will be the guest on today's episode of Voices Radio. Welcome to Unmasked by Mad Millennials. This is May Leal. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And today we're just going to be chatting music, mental health and how we got to where we are today. Hi, May. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great honor to be here and talk about music and mental health, which is all I love to talk about. I have 
pretty much digested your entire discography on my way over here and I've been bumping your music since Roots of Desire. Mm. Um, I think your sound is so interesting. It's so vibey. It sometimes gives jazz lounge. It sometimes gives hippie dippy. And I think it's a very, very nice fusion of kind of Middle Eastern influences with some very urban ways of of existing. And I think it's a very good description of how you are as a person as well. How did you find your sound? How, what brought you to that? I think just starting, probably starting with the sun and the moon, it kind of just, it just clicked. I didn't even have to question that I wanted it to be a mix between English and Arabic and kind of show that because I thought it's my first single and I want to show, even if it's not going to stay sounding the same, I still want to show that this is mainly what I want to be promoting is the kind of music that we have and all the different sounds and the different instruments that lots of people don't really know about, but also when they hear it, it they kind of just, they they do like it and they like listening to it and even if they don't understand, we're getting to a point where people, you don't have to be singing in English to have mm-hmm. an, a big audience and people still enjoy the different sounds that people offer. So I think, yeah, it didn't even cross my mind. It was more of a, yeah, this is happening and it just came to me straight away because I knew this is what I want to be focusing on. Mm. Even if growing up I mainly sang in English or never really sang in Arabic or listened to a lot of Arabic Mm. songs, not like now. Do you think um, that introducing these kinds of influences is important to you? Because um, I think from your life, uh, that transformation, you know, leaving where you were, and coming to somewhere new is reestablishing yourself. Do you think that your journey, uh, your personal journey is reflected in your music? I think definitely, mainly in my music, I try to talk about how I kind of tackled all these like insecurities and fears that I had and how I kind of choose to not let these kind of comments or people's opinions or something get to me because moving from one country to another and kind of steering away from what the normal is where in Egypt or wherever is you will get people that will be like oh what are you doing like you're you're from Egypt you shouldn't really go outside of the box too much and it definitely took me a while to just think yeah I'm just gonna go outside of my comfort zone and do it and when I'm doing these things I'm just thinking this is good for Lael, the artist, and Lael, the person, shouldn't get in the way of... Mm. So even if I'm nervous or something, I'll still get myself on the stage, I'll still get myself in the studio to sing the part, and it will just be for like the artist part mm. side of me, and I know that she will be grateful for it if I do do it, and it would be really bad if I miss opportunities or something just because I'm thinking that person back home Mm. might be thinking this or that and I don't even see these people. Do you think that that uh, holds you back or does it give you some kind of fire or like motivation to get to like push yourself outside of your comfort zone? Mm. Um, Let's talk about like how you kind of mitigate those insecurities. What are some tactics that you use? I think I try to just, whenever I have that voice in my head that's just saying, you shouldn't do this, don't do that, that person, or I try to think of it from someone else's perspective and how they would hear it. And I try just to be like, this is in your head. These people might not even have thought about you in years or anything. And I try to really control, like not control, but be in charge of what I allow to be around me and the Mm. people and especially lately like the last couple of years I found it very easy to just think you're like you're that kind of person I don't want that so I don't feel the need to please you and keep you in my life Mm. if it's going to affect me but I will be inspired by this you know not anger it's just that feeling I have towards that person and channel it through the song and is it like a I want to prove you wrong or is it a 
I mean, if I do, that would be nice. If if they do like come in with the mindset like I've had people like back home when I had one silly gig when mm. I was really young. And some people came and they actually said like, oh, we came like they were my my friends, but they came. They were like, we came to like kind of take the piss, but you were actually sounded really good. And I thought, yeah, and I wouldn't sound that good unless if I didn't let their opinions mm. get to me, because otherwise I would just not really try anything different or even take the step to release this music or anything. So in a way, it kind of. It works out. It backfires on them. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No, I think that's a very... I think a lot of um, people who do come from, like, the Middle East, if we can only speak on the Middle East, that's yeah. where both of us are from. Um, but I think a lot of us kind of face some degree of almost backlash um, when, yeah. you know, you go abroad and you're breaking out of the norms and you're kind of stepping into what you see as being your true self and really kind of embracing all the aspects of your personality and all the aspects that you or the avenues mm. that you choose to kind of go down. Um, it's very easy to get wrapped up in, well, auntie so-and-so said and that yeah. person who, you know, is, is yeah. so small-minded said this, that or the other and I'm getting judged and I'm getting this. Um, I would like to ask you, based on that, like you've just released Medina, your new mm. track, and this is one of the first ones that you've released in quite some time where you actually speak in Arabic on the track. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, So that's tell true. me about Medina. Like, I, I personally love it, so but let's tell the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But Medina for me is like kind of... Even though I play with different sounds and different genres, I felt like this kind of embodied exactly the mix of things that I like and putting the Arabic in mm. and just the music as well. And even the English bits, like mm. they kind of fit in. And it's kind of inspired by the people that were around me and by me as well. Just speaking to people and seeing how everyone felt so burnt out and everyone is, has all this creativity and all this like passion and dreams and life keeps kind of getting in the way and that's kind of what Medina is about that like we've been through a lot we've seen like pandemics revolutions war everything and we still want to keep trying because otherwise what's the point and yeah Medina for me is like that perfect mix of exactly what I want to sound like Definitely. Um, let's play Medina. Um, I just think we're all tired. We're all tired. Waiting for that big break, for the universe to give back. But I can feel it coming, you know? You know? I'm losing my mind But when I lose it, I'm not as 
Leal, I love that track. Um, Thank you. I really like the intro, the Arabic parts, and the tune as well. It's very mellow. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's a song I want to listen to in the bubble bath. Mm. <laughs> that sounds nice. Um, <laughs> what are so? That's that's one of the ways that I you know generally like to. I think showering for me is just a really fantastic way. There is a point to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not telling you about my cleanliness. But um you know what uh, what are some ways that you like to look after your mental health and how do you protect yourself like actual methods? I think I definitely do try a lot of things like especially recently I'm trying to like control not control but like pay attention to the food that I put in my body pay attention to the amount of hours that I'm sleeping pay attention to not really using my phone before and after waking up or before going to sleep and not having all that noise in your head I'm trying to like do some yoga and stretches in the morning just to clear my head and obviously without using my phone or anything so I don't already have things in my head I'm trying to like well I'm saying I'm trying a lot which well, is what my therapist is <laughs> Are you do you have a therapist? Yeah for like this is also a new thing. Good. So yeah so just trying to be show myself that I can be in control mm-hmm. of what's around me and the energies I receive and you know I'm not trying to people please so much anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sugarcoat things. I'm just saying trying to be as straightforward with the people around me and with myself I'm trying to kind of treat myself I've been I was reading a little bit of this book called The Artist's Way okay by Julianne Moore I'm not sure but she kind of gives you steps she tells you that like you treat yourself as your artist so you take yourself on dates and I do try like I aim to like go for a little walk every day or just have my own me time and have my own like this kind of foundation where I can do things by myself and still be satisfied I can you know challenge myself in different ways even if it's just sitting in a coffee shop for a little bit and reading a book or mm-hmm. something it's these kind of things where you center your life around you and mm. you kind of act like you're this main character in a movie <laughs> and it it revolves around you without and kind of romanticizing the things around me and making like not just having tea in a random teacup but getting like a cute teacup that would just change this whole mm-hmm. experience putting incense on and these kind of stuff how i like you know my mm-hmm. surroundings to be so so like yeah i know i get that like treating yourself with the degree of care that you would treat other people yeah because i think it's so easy for us to get kind of sidetracked and oh i'm going to get this thing for this person and i'm going to you know try so hard to please that person and then yeah. we leave ourselves out of the equation very very often and i think mm-hmm. that as well um as arab women we've also been conditioned to put ourselves last on the list and that it's wrong yeah. and it's shameful and it's yeah. you know how can you be so selfish and how can you be so this that or the other all of these negative traits when you want to do something that is beneficial for you um Yeah, how I agree. <laughs> how have you I'm actually following that up. This is something I've struggled with a lot personally. But how did you um kind of unpack the shame that often comes built into our bodies? Like as soon as we get our periods, yeah. our bodies become 
kind of uh, this shameful thing and you have to cover up and you have to make sure yeah. that you're not um, exposed and all of these things get put onto your very, very young self and you don't really understand them and you just internalize them all. For me, that took quite yeah. some time. How have you managed to deal with that? I think I think since I was younger, I've just always been like, I know what I want and I knew I wanted to come to study abroad and I knew that I kind of noticed the difference between me and some of my friends that I've had and I felt like, well, I think differently and I want to pursue different things and I'm not so, like, I'm more logical, not just like, oh, this is how it is in the culture, so this is how we have to do mm. it. And I've just always known that I'm not fitting in here. Mm -hmm. I need to go somewhere else, have the space to explore myself and do exactly what I want to do without feeling guilty or worrying about someone's opinion or anything. And then this kind of helped me shape even a better relationship with mm. home or with Egypt because at first it was like, okay, the people around me, they're, we're not like-minded, we're not the same. My parents might not fully at that age, like when I left, I was 18 or mm. something. They still didn't understand, like, we don't know. Like, I didn't know who I wanted to be, mm. so I didn't expect them to. And over time, I've actually grown to find the Egypt that I wanted to find, especially through music. Amazing. Seeing now, yeah, seeing now so many artists doing their thing and I feel like I've picked the people that I want, I would want to be around and I'm choosing now when I go back, I'm choosing to only be around the people who would appreciate me and would actually want to spend time with me. And that's amazing. Um, I really, really like that point. I'm so sorry, I'm going to mm. cut you off just because I yeah, love yeah. that point of finding the Egypt that you want to find and creating yeah. and finding your tribe. That's, yeah. that's very, very, very powerful, I think, of you. So I wanted to move on to the artist that you wanted to shine a light on. You've chosen mm. Hududi by Lai. Yeah, she's a Lebanese singer that I recently found out about. And she's based in Egypt. And I just think her music is cool, especially this song. is like kind of what I want to do, kind of what I like to hear now. So, yeah, I wanted to like shine some light on her music. Fantastic. Here we go. Hududi by Lai. <laughs> I'm 
It's very indicative of the sound coming out of Egypt at the moment. Um, I think it relies a lot on kind of the traditional Mahraganat uh, sound, this very, um, how would you describe Mahraganat? Just a lot of energy and yeah. a lot of like instruments going at the same time and just it's, it's, it's the Mahragan. Yeah, like, Mahragan mm, means festival, like yeah. carnival. And it's um, very, to me, not being an Egyptian, I think that it's so, it just is Egypt. It's chaotic, it's loud, yeah. it's fun. It's It can also be very sad. And the lyrics yeah. of Mahraganat oftentimes are yeah. very, like, heartbreaking sometimes. And it can also be, like, kind of... Violence and it's very much music of the streets, music of the people. Even the yeah, way exactly. that you dance to it, it's very, you know, arms, legs going, jumping up and down. Um, yeah. It's very energetic. Um, this, what I really, really like is uh, the sound coming out of Egypt really relies on this kind of basis of Mahraganat and kind of twists it and adds synths and it adds you know yeah, western like, influences to it yeah, and I exactly think, tell and me about this it's i really love seeing this by the way just these kind of genres making it globally and seeing people like even if i don't like Muhammad ramadan for mm. example people are dancing to his music and he's taking us that step further so people actually start to explore like oh i like this maybe i should get into it more and it's so nice to see in Egypt now that people have that space to actually be artists and some people are actually just doing it for a living mm. and it's not such a, oh, you're never going to do this or this is not a real job or something. Now it's a lot more legit and people are getting the guidance and the mentoring and mm. and the education that they need to make even better music. So it's not just Mahraganat, it's Mahraganat like, Elevated. Yeah. yeah, so it's nice that these people are also getting these kind of resources and stuff to to better themselves and even do bigger things since it has like such a big influence. And I think out of all genres, this is probably like the most Egyptian and the most popular uh, definitely. one. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But I also really like it because I think other genres and music coming out of other Arab countries, it's very kind of restricted. Mahraganat isn't. It's yeah. just this sound. And I think it's very youthful. And I think young mm. people, like people around our age, younger, older, um, use it very much as a venue of expression. Um, yeah, because you can dance to it like you know, as free as you want, there's like a specific mm -hmm. way to dance to it, of course, but I feel like people see it as in like, I don't care what, like even if they don't know what the lyrics are saying mm -hmm. or whatever, they get this sense that like, I can completely unleash and let it out and fully be myself and no one is really gonna judge the way I'm dancing or anything because mm -hmm. it's not seen as different or mm -hmm. weird or something is seen as in like, you let out a little bit. Do you think that that is healthy, like mentally, like bringing this back into mental health? I think person, uh, I would like to hear what you have to yeah. say. Um, but personally, I think that um, having these kinds of venues is extremely important uh, for people generally to be able to express themselves and let out and really resonate with a sound that sounds like them and that identity 
uh, having mm. something like, oh, this sounds like that song that I used to listen to when I grew up, or this sounds like um, what was playing in the bus on the way to school, and this sounds yeah. like home, and this sounds like hustle and bustle. And being abroad, I think um, it helps a lot to connect with that sound. What do mm. you think of that? It Yeah, I think it definitely now I feel like I'm looking after for these people because I want to feel like this year probably is the year that I really understood what the feeling of being represented is like because I never thought about it. I always thought like, yeah, representation, representation, but I didn't focus how it affected me. And this year I've seen people really push it like push the boundaries mm. and they're making their music and I feel like all I want to do is just put these people like on a like shine a spotlight on them and be like wow look at these people they're Arab and they're doing mm. this and it makes me feel like oh well if they can do this then maybe I can do that as well and especially being abroad you do I really started appreciating more like that Egyptian side of me and mm. maybe before I was trying to like turn it down and not really be so associated with it and then over the years being here I realized that like I absolutely like it's such a big side of me and if anything I want to showcase it as much as I can before I used to be maybe a little bit shy about even speaking Arabic in front of people or just being friends with other Arabs as well, I was like, no, I'm here, I'm abroad, I I don't want to be doing the same thing again. But now I feel like, no, any opportunity I get to like be like, listen to this person's music, this person is doing that, I feel like I'm rushing to it because it, ma- it makes me feel like, oh, like things are getting better and they're doing good and it gives me more hope and more pride to like be an Arab or be Egyptian. I love that. I love that. That takes... That's definitely a process of growth. Like, you always have this kind of... It's not an embarrassment, but as you said, right? You want to kind of assimilate. You want to be be the same. You don't want to stand out. Kind of growing into yourself and saying, no, actually, this is what I am. This is where I am. Yeah, it definitely was a journey and it took some time. And I feel like everything that I've experienced had to kind of go in this way for me to be at this point today. And... I used to think that I just I only have to choose either Egypt or the UK mm-hmm. and it would be so confusing for me just going home and being like oh I have such a different life and people around me here and now I'm back and it's like the complete opposite of everything and it took I even struggled with it for a little bit because I thought I don't know if I can mix the both and now mix the both <laughs> mix both <laughs> and then now I now I feel like I don't need to choose like being here gives me a chance to fully explore my identity and being in Egypt gives me like this it's for me Egypt now is like that pillow that I can fall on Mm -hmm. whenever and I can trust it that I've shaped it how I want it to be I've got rid of the people that I don't need around me got rid Mm -hmm. of all the opinions and stuff and now I can just be in the Egypt that I want to be in around the people that I want to be around I love that I love that for you Leal I'm gonna ask you three questions um and just answer with what comes to your mind okay um this is gonna bring us a little bit more down tempo we go from Mahraganat to Mm. the growth to now let's do some self-reflection okay um what has been your biggest failure, in your opinion, throughout your career? And like, how did you, what did you take from that? I think maybe not so much a failure. I try to think that it worked out that way mm. for a reason. But I think for me, the biggest thing was not at the time when I was, you know, I graduated, I was applying for universities and stuff. I scared myself from studying something that is related to music or performance or something. And I was like, oh, what if I can't get a job and I don't have a backup plan to fall on? And that's always what I say to people, like, just go for it from the beginning and study it. Meet people in the same field. Learn so much because when you're out there and people expect you to already know certain things. Mm -hmm. And this is where I feel like I wish I studied something I wish I recognized this talent mm. and this dream that it can actually be legit and actually study something 
that would have helped me grow even more and learn things like producing or just I want to learn everything like oh where all the cables go where ev how everything <laughs> works and all the equipment and stuff and yeah this is where I feel like I still like the course that I studied it was still related to events and music and stuff but it wasn't if I would go back I would probably study something else as well to help me be a better performer or know how to fully produce a song by myself and mm -hmm. record it too that is very nice and I just want to remind you that there is always room to learn um, and that yeah. if if that is something that you were wanting to get into and learn more about like production etc in Arabic there's a saying or in I'm from the Gulf. You say, "My hmm. The only thing that stops you is your tongue. Like you are only stopping you. But yeah. you can always bring yourself. And kind of toxic positivity. Let's be real. But um, I think we tend to hold ourselves back from so many opportunities because yeah. we're scared or we're shy or we think, "Ah, oh, I haven't the, I haven't the qualifications." But you mm. know. No one has the qualifications before they get started. So, yeah, exactly. I've definitely taken the lockdown period mm. as like a a whole other learning mm. phase. I was joining online workshops. I was joining like the collective with you press where they kind of had like weekly Zoom classes mm -hmm. and we would talk about our branding, vocal exercises, just kind of prepping us to what it's actually like to be an artist. I've been watching, I watch like artist documentaries, interviews. I made listening to new music kind of like my homework. So I really taught myself and I'm really happy that it worked out this way because I had released the first single like a couple of weeks before COVID. And it, I, I was not ready I, when I released it. So when lockdown came, I, I was a little bit disappointed that I'm not going to have be able to like promote and do what I need to do to get people to hear that song. And lockdown really gave me that time to get me ready for the real world, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love that. I love that. I think that was very much the case for many, many people. Um, but it was also quite hard. So before yeah. I ask you our second question, we're going to go on to the song that you've uh, chosen for when you're in your fields. Mm -hmm. Just remembering that time in lockdown when everybody was having a crisis, which was yeah. okay. It was a global yeah. moment of... <sighs> yeah, everyone was feeling the same, yeah. even if they weren't. They didn't want to admit it, it or say it. It, was, it yeah. was very, very much a struggle. So the song we're going to play is Alumek by Marwan Musa. He is quite big in Egypt, but this mm. is a more down-tempo um, version. I like to call his music driving in the car at night music. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> but this one is a little bit more down-tempo, and uh, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> صوتك متعلق وركفني كلبي رومانسي انت عارفني ما شفتك ساكنتي بتغشي بيبي في المتشدي انا ببقى ميسي مش منظرك لا ده اللي جابنا لورا السكه دي مكسره والاجواء دي محضره ردود فعلا مقفره برضه راضي بالضرر عشان انت مخضره عقلي داخل في نقاش مع قلبي نسيبك مش راضي بيقولوا دي مراتي وبيتكلم في الماضي قلنا له قلبي وافكار كلامك ده حل اقتصادي كان عندي احلام عندي احلام ليه اقوليكي بص قدام بس عجلنا كلامنا والزمن دفعنا الحساب وزيت وانا لعب فيش طاقه لخناق بس عاد بتسهل فيها وبابا لازم اطلع كسبان هي دي تكسكه هو ده الغرور الايجو ايه شو ده المطلوب صاروا معاك يا عروس حفانك لابو واحد بوس فكرة مش انك تبوس 
فكرة بس انك تفوز فكرة بس انك تعوم فكرة بس انها تدوم كلب لحد الصبح جات البيت وقمت نايم انا بالهدوم كل حاجة بالهدوم بيني وبينك في عقود خلفتي كل البنود ايه والهومي جالومي جالومك تعطيني انتي في داري في لحظة ما كنت محتاجك سنة جاتلي ضربة منك في الفقري الموقف ده ما كانش صالحي حطيت من حسن حظي اديني لوحدي فيها فما قامك عندي بقى تحت الدور الارضي وبقنعي نفسك بأي شيء يناسبك خلاص ما بقتش حاسك شخصيتك بقت بلاستيك مرة دي بجد تفرجش ألعبها ومش هتفرق نمرتك عندي ادمت الوردة الحمرا الدبلة تيجي انت من تاني ناس بحاول انساكي القصة بقتش عجباني شهر اتناشر شهر خمسة شهر ستة شهر خمسة ليه ده لسه في دماغي وبنتحول لناس احنا مش حبينها الاول كنا نقول احنا كارهينها مكون طلعت طلعت مش شكلنا كلمة قالت بيني وبينها بس انت مخدراتي عقلي داخل في نقاش مع قلبي نسيبك مش راضي بيقول له دي مراتي بيتكلم في الماضي قلنا له قلبي وافكار كلامك ده حل اقتصادي ناس يعرف من البشر قبل واحد في المراية لو مكتوب لسكت صفر همضي عقد في الولاية امي معايا في الرعاية وانا دوري الحماية بيتش بنعمل ده دعاية حبس كل ده جوايا انا حاسس انه مش هينفع نرجع بس انا عطشان والسراب ده بيلمع حاسس انه مش هينفع نرجع عشان لو جت في قلبي تاني هتلدع حاسس انه كله بايظ بينا الاحمر اللي في قلبك بقى رايح سنة وحضني معاك بدموعك بالصمراعي اللي بينا قالتلي مني ومنك تقسمي وسمك لا الومك 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 تعطيني انتي في ضهري في لحظة ما كنت محتاجك سنة جاتلي ضربة منك في الفقري الموقف ده مكانش صالحي حطيت من الحسن حظي اديني لوحدي فيها فما قامك عندي بقى تحت الدور الارضي وبقنعي نفسك بأي شيء يناسبك خلاص ما بقتش حاسك شخصيتك بقت بلاستيك المرة دي بجد تفرجش ألعبها ومش هتفرق نمرتك عندي ادمت الوردة الحمرا الدبلل Thank you so much for showing us Marwan Musa Alumak. Um, this was a really, really, I think it was a different sound that we generally hear from him. Yeah, I think even for him, it was more like a lot more chilled, mm. more emotional, and rawer than it usually yeah, is. Yeah. Um, that was really, really uh, important. And I think having the variability is also important as an artist. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> Go ahead. Because a lot of people might look at artists, like, for example, Stormzy, the album that he just released is so different to what he normally does. And a lot of people are like, no, get back to what you did. And there's nothing that shows how good an artist is than them being so versatile and diverse all the time. Like, he's not he's not just, like, a grime artist. He is an artist mm -hmm. in general. And in the beginning, I've heard people tell me, like, you need to choose one genre, you need to choose one image that you want to be represented by. And I just didn't feel like this. I listened to different kind of music and I got inspired by different things and it just came out different all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was really hard on myself that, like, choose your lane like where are you going everything is different people don't know what to expect and then I started to realize that the artists that I like they're always 
trying different things and there's I feel like this is what shows how successful you are as an artist the fact that you can kind of blend in and take on different sounds and still make it your own I don't see it as in like oh they don't know what they're doing or something if anything I see the opposite did you feel a lot of pressure from people to conform to a particular shape sound look yeah I think definitely especially from people back home they Mm. They want to hear more Arabic. That's the the songs that they mainly like that has some Arabic in it. Because even if they listen to a lot of English music or mm. American, they still want to hear the Arabic part. And I've thought about it a little bit, and I feel like I'm not gonna force it if if it comes out that way and it was more natural for me to sing that part in Arabic or something, mm-hmm. I will go with it. But I will not try to force something. I will not try to write or use certain words that would get people to be like, oh, this is cool or something. Mm-hmm. I'll just do what I do. And who knows, maybe at some point I'll do like a whole Arabic album or something when I actually feel like I can express myself mm-hmm. better in this. So, the, I mean, my mom calls me every day. She's like, you need to do more Arabic songs. You need to do more Arabic songs. <laughs> I'm I'm trying not to like let it get to me because whatever comes out it comes out and it will be what I want to do and that's how yeah I've also been made aware that you've recently been signed to a record label firstly congrats thank you that is major um but has have kind of they wanted you to kind of conform in any particular way or have they given you the space as an artist to do what you see fit yeah, for like for now, I'm working with them as a distribution label. So they mm. put my music in stores like Spotify, Apple. They get it pitched to playlists and kind of just try to grow my listeners. Mm. And I didn't know that it was started by Arab guys. No I didn't way. know that. I thought they they seemed so big that I didn't. No, that that sounds bad. But like <laughs> I, th- they seem really big in the U.S. So I didn't think. I thought it was just a separate like yeah. department for like the Wana region or mm. Mina. I kind of I kind of approached them because I heard about them a lot. I was like, who is this? Who's behind Empire? Who's the team? Mm-hmm. And then I f- kind of found out one by one like who's in it. And I was in Egypt. I knew one of them was gonna be at the same gig. And I went to him and I was like, what can I do to get you to listen to my music? <laughs> and he was actually he actually gave me his email and we talked and he got me in touch with another guy, then with another guy and another Zoom call later and a few emails. They were like, yeah, we want you to, we want to help basically, and we want to give you the the means to get heard and have more people listen to your music so it's been very like it's what any artist would love to hear (laughs) but can i just also say that actually seeking them out and you self-promoting and you doing all of this there's a lot of effort in that and a lot of bravery and a lot of resilience in that leila and i think that oh generally speaking people shy away from that yeah going back to the Leal the person and Leal the artist. Yeah. How do you negotiate? Uh, yeah, I think this trip, this was my last trip to Egypt in November, December. And I really made a point because at that point I knew of like different producers in Egypt, different artists. And I made it a point to go like to as many gigs that people had as possible. And I knew there were going to be people that I'm going to recognize. And I just went there and I was like, I need to network. This is it. Like not necessarily network and be like, hey, listen to my music. But I've met other artists and it, st- it starts like networking is not like, oh, I met you now. Tomorrow we're going to make a project together. Mm-hmm. It starts really slow. So for me, this time was more like, hey, I really like your music. I've been listening to it for a while, kind of showing them that I am actually a fan and I'm not just trying to, mm. you know, just get their attention for my own benefit. And it it might take time. And like some people actually recognize me back, which I thought, okay, so I'm definitely Get doing some. Flowers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you spoke to me a few months before, I would be like, I'm, I suck at networking. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to speak to people mm-hmm. thinking that they might know that I'm trying to ask them for something. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I was like, I'm not going to be in Egypt for a long time. This is the only night that I'm going to randomly... Mm. like bump into these people so I need to make it obvious and then 
once you start, it just keeps going. And I'm like, I love it. And my friend was with me and I was like, okay, we have a list. We need this person, that person. And he was like, go, go do it, go do it. <laughs> so. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Have, so I know that, you know, you're very, very blessed to have a supportive family, a supportive fan base, and also mm. a lot of supportive friends. Do you want to talk to me a little bit how your tribe has helped you get to where you are and like the support that you get from them it's definitely evolved a lot especially with my parents for example when I first moved here I didn't really have a plan plan they didn't really understand it yet they were they didn't really see what I was doing or what was happening so it took them a while for them to be like oh okay She's making this music now. People are listening to it. It's working. So now they're a lot more supportive. And my mom is like, I showed it to all my friends. And my dad is like, I'm sharing it everywhere. And now it's the opposite. Cause, and I understand that. Like maybe for them, when they heard it in the beginning, they were thinking, oh, she's still talking about like the singing. And we haven't actually seen anything because... For some reason, I knew that this is what I want to end up doing, but I never thought about how to actually get there. So they didn't see it in the beginning. Their support as well is absolutely massive because we come from a culture where if you're not a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, you're a failure as a child and a shame to your family. Yeah, so exactly. The fact and that they're he- that they're supporting you and like backing you in this creative avenue that you're deciding to take, that's massive. Yeah, it, it yeah, definitely in the beginning they were like, "What are you doing?" I was working like different jobs because mm-hmm. I thought I need the flexibility to go to the studio mm-hmm. and meet people and artists and stuff and so it took them a while to be like you're in this other country by yourself and you know London it's not the easiest to mm. move into London and especially if you haven't really been there as just a tourist basically mm. so they took a while and now they're like on board my friends here they're so involved because they get to see like they get to see come to the gigs and see me actually going to the studio so they see it as in like oh she's actually doing this and it's going somewhere and for me I thought as long as I'm seeing it kind of go up I'm not I I wouldn't stop unless Mm -hmm. if for a while it's like starts to go down or doesn't really change or anything then I would think okay maybe I need to rethink this plan but friends even in Egypt like Obviously, not all my friends support. Some of them are like once in a blue moon. Some of them don't really understand that this is a whole other job for me as well. And I used to let that get to me like, why are they not saying anything? Why are they not sharing or talking about it? Like, it's so easy to just post a little story on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then I started to feel like, you know what, like... I will remember the people who were there and who said nice words to me. And these are the ones who will matter because they actually took part of it. And I'm very glad that you're able to accept their support because having supporters and having people who back you and accepting that as, yes, I'm an artist and I deserve this. they're two very different things. Yeah, it also changed the dynamic for me a lot when I realized that friends will never be fans so Mm. I shouldn't expect from them to you know love every second of the song and Mm -hmm. really pay attention they're supporting me as friends Mm -hmm. but they're never going to be like buying my merch and stuff like this so that really helped a lot because I was expecting this I was merch dropping I have stickers actually I made stickers (laughs) she has stickers (laughs) (laughs) they're cute (laughs) (laughs) sorry But yeah, so then I got to a point where like, I'm not going to force anyone like Mm -hmm. it's up to them. I know now who is actually supporting me and genuinely there for me. And Mm -hmm. that's like, yeah, that's enough for me, I guess. Definitely. Um, Just as we uh, just before we head out, is there any new project that you're wanting to show us or tell us about, please? Yes, there's I'm doing a lot at the moment. I've been so Medina that I just released and the state that came out just last month they're both gonna be part of like an EP that I'm working on it's gonna be like my first step into being like I'm a serious artist I'm around here for a long time not going anywhere and I'm planning I'm organizing a, a listening slash release party on the 7th of May in 91 Living Room in Brick Lane. (laughs) 
So it's also like an all Arab women led thing. So it's only people who are like performing or hosting or showcasing their work or anything. They're all Arab girls. And that really, it made me so much more excited that it's not just like my event, my gig. It's mm -hmm. like it has a purpose or a meaning. So this EP is going to be like, all not going to be the same genre of course it's going to be different things and me kind of showcasing like I can do this I can do that and also I want people to be immersed into it and feel like oh I just went like on a, a trip to Lael's world for like 20 minutes or something I love that for you well as we wrap up um, this is The State by Lael Recording this session at the amazing Spoke Studios. You'll know Spoke Studios if you tuned into our last episode with Lemzy. Um, it's a fantastic collective space in uh, East London, right right by Spitalfields Market. Um, they have been absolutely amazing to us. Check them out at Spoke World. And uh, thank you so much for your time. This has been a fantastic journey, mm -hmm. Leal. Thank you for sharing your ups, your downs, the pretty parts, the less pretty parts, and uh, through the lens of music. Thank you so, so much. 
Thank you. And, Thank uh, you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Much love, all the best, and I will be there at the listening party. This is radio. Voices radio.